Welcome to Bina, KALW's program featuring creative voices from the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco. In this series, we bring you remarkable artists and thinkers who've come to speak at the JCCSF as part of our Arts and Ideas program. On this edition of Bina, Rabbi Batshir Torshio, senior Jewish educator at the JCCSF, discusses the Ukrainian aid response in Poland with Alexandra Makuch, Associate Director for the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning in Warsaw, and Marta Sarasin, Interim CEO of the JCC in Warsaw. And now join Rabbi Batshir Torshio as she introduces our guests. Good morning and good evening to our friends in Poland. I'm Rabbi Bacir Torsio of the JCC here in San Francisco, where I am a senior Jewish educator. Welcome to our program, Dispatches from Warsaw. I'm here with Alexandra Makuch of the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning in Warsaw, and Marta Sarasin, the interim CEO of the JCC in Warsaw. But before we meet them, I'd like to start by sharing briefly how and why today's conversation came about. In March and April 2021, Russia began a major military buildup near the Russian-Ukrainian border that lasted through February of 2022. During that time, 190,000 Russian troops massed on the western edge of Russia, leaning into Ukraine. Members of Putin's government repeatedly denied having plans to invade or attack Ukraine and insisted that the Russian army was engaging in military exercises. On February 18th of this year, President Biden gave a televised address that called for Putin to de-escalate and return to the negotiating table. President Biden confirmed what U.S. intelligence had gathered that a Russian invasion into Ukraine was imminent. In the early hours of February 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine, causing Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II. More than 9.5 million Ukrainians have fled their country. The war has also caused a major food shortage in the region and significant global economic instability. In the days after the Russian invasion, I connected with our colleague, Shana Penn, the executive director of Toby Philanthropies. I also spoke with my colleagues, Halise Lieberman and Alexandra, who work at the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning in Warsaw. They all made my journey back to Poland possible. The Poles and Ukrainians I met and spoke with all expressed concern that the crisis will fall onto the back pages of news. It's just so easy to normalize catastrophes when we feel that we cannot make a difference or there's so much dissonance, violence, and suffering around the globe that our hearts and minds simply can't hold it all. And so I share their experiences with you, keeping this conversation and our response efforts alive. With the blessing of the JCCSF and organized by the Toby Foundation, my daughter Renee and I made our way to Warsaw this past May 
greeted at the airport by Halise Lieberman of the Toby Center, and she brought us snacks and hugs, and off we went to help and to bear witness. And now I'd like to introduce Alexandra Makuch of the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning, who will share about her work, and then we'll hear from the interim CEO of the JCC in Warsaw. Alexandra, welcome. Welcome, welcome, Batshir. Pleasure. Can you please share with us a little bit about your work at the Toby Center in Warsaw, specifically what that looked like before February 24th, 2022? Yes, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to emphasize that I'm really, really uh, honored to participate in this program that um, tells about the events that are so relevant to us, believe it or not, regardless of uh, where we are. As you mentioned, what is happening at the border has been happening is the largest crisis, humanitarian crisis since the Second World War. Um, I was born, I would like to um, include those details. I was born in Krakow and um, um, in a very particular household. Uh, my father runs the Jewish Culture Festival, uh, the Krakow Jewish Culture Festival. And um, thanks uh, to that, I have been exposed and immersed in, in, in Jewish culture since uh, since I was actually born. And then when I was about to choose my career path, I was invited by Shana Penn, uh, director of the, of the Toby Philanthropies to Berkeley uh, for two years for an internship. And later on, um, I moved to Warsaw, I returned. And since then I have been working with Haley Lieberman and our um, team at the Toby Center. We have been growing our programs, uh, which are mostly educational programs and um, heritage tours. And, you know, the, the, the work looked, it, it's been, we have been organizing programs, tours until, until February, where out of sudden uh, we instantly um, uh, decided that we have to also do something to, um, to, to help uh, the, the Ukrainian uh, refugees. Uh, it was a very, it was decision without any hesitation. Um, since the beginning, we have been working hand in hand with many other uh, Jewish institutions, including JDC, Vila Warsaw, JCC Warsaw, um, the office of Chief Rabbi of Poland. Uh, we've had um, weekly meetings on which we would discuss the next steps uh, how to assist the, um, the uh, Ukrainian refugees, mostly women and children, and simply um, uh, so that we don't overlap. And um, preparing short term, because we have to remember that when the war broke out, we were just reacting on an everyday basis. And with, with the time, we also started to working on a long-term strategies. So... Um, from being a foundation that is so dedicated to enriching Jewish life in Poland and reconnecting Jews to their East European heritage, we also started assisting uh, basically people in need, uh, the, the, the refugees. And uh, I wanted also to uh, thank and emphasize how also immediate response we received from our friends from the Bay Area, from the United States, our former guests who were so generous and allows they allow us until today to um, provide uh, this help. We have fundraised almost one hundred thousand um, dollars that uh, are being spent on helping uh, whoever we can. 
it is absolutely remarkable how quickly the Toby Center shifted and responded to this. We'll talk about this a little bit later. I'm curious about um, all of the other programs that the Toby Center uh, was responsible for. It must have impacted those programs as well, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Um, thank you, Alexandra. I remember fondly spending time with you here in the Bay Area. That was quite a long time ago, I think. It was between 2013 and 15. Beautiful, thank you. Um, Marta, it's so great to see you again. Can you please share how you came to your role um, as the interim CEO of the JCC in Warsaw and the community that you serve there? Give us a sense of that community and a little bit about some of the programming at the JCC. Anything perhaps that you're especially proud of? Sure. Um, uh, first of all, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, such a pleasure and honor to meet with you, to see you again and to uh, well, to visit your community, uh, even if it's uh, even if it's uh, remote. Um, so I have been with the uh, JC in Warsaw uh, since its opening in 2013, um, and. Uh, in the uh, early days of the JCC, everybody was doing everything. So, <laughs> but I was um, always uh, very much dedicated to uh, building the program. Uh, my last uh, um, role before being the interim uh, CEO uh, was uh, being the director of the uh, programming and communications. Uh, and uh, this is what I hope to get back to uh, dealing with uh, once we have the new CEO um, in uh, October. Uh, and uh, like I said, I mean, uh, I I, uh, I said that I've been with the JCC since it's opening. However, it's uh, it, it comes a bit. Uh, I came in a bit earlier because I've been uh, involved in the JDC operations in Poland for um, I think over 20 years now. Uh, so uh, I have been um, a camp counselor then I've uh, started uh, building on my involvement into informal Jewish education uh, and then uh, it was the JDC uh, with support of uh, Taube Philanthropies, uh, Chorus Foundation, Kronhitka Foundation, um, uh, who opened the JC in Warsaw. Uh, so it was somewhat a logical conclusion to the JDC's activity uh, in Poland, but also to my involvement uh, into the life of the Jewish community. Um, and uh, I think an important thing to to mention to our listeners right now is that uh, probably our gym is a bit different than yours uh, because we do not have a gym nor a swimming pool. Um, but the the three pillars of our activity are um, community building, culture, and education, uh, which translates into a range of different activities for all different age groups, uh, starting with uh, um, parents with babies through the Kids Club Madon, and then the teenage group, and then all sorts of programming uh, for uh, for adults. Um, 
you don't have to be a member to participate in our activities. Uh, however, we do have a membership program and, and I'm mentioning it because probably we are wondering, well, how many Jews there are in Poland uh, or in Warsaw? Is there uh, even a need to uh, for a JCC um, to exist? And I, well, I can firmly say that yes, there is a need for the JCC to exist. And when it comes to numbers, um, the rough number of our users, let's say uh, pre-war, um, uh, is about or was about 1,200 people. Um, and obviously not everybody shows up on the same day. Uh, some people uh, use our programming occasionally. Uh, some people just enjoy our bucket of brunch uh, from time to time. Um, some people uh, come regularly for different um, activities and, and they bring their family members. However, since the Russian invasion in Ukraine, we are looking at our community uh, possibly doubling in size. Uh, so it is also, uh, we are in a moment of transition when it comes to numbers as well. Um, and I believe it's very difficult to choose your favorite child. And I feel like our programs are uh, uh, so uh, close to my heart that uh, I think of them as of uh, my children. Uh, but um, considering my own story, um, and I grew up in a non-Jewish environment, I come from a mixed family, and I would, yeah, I, 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 I will not hesitate to to say that uh, the the foundation of my Jewish identity. Uh, has been laid uh, by my summer camp experience. Uh, so I believe uh, our uh, summer camp camp uh, may be one of uh, my favorite uh, programs that we run. And uh, um, even though we are JCC Warsaw uh, by name, the, our summer camp uh, is for kids from all over Poland and uh, uh, we don't have our own facility, so we uh, rent a facility and then bring uh, up to 100 kids um, uh, to have their Jewish experience uh, in the summer. Uh, and I think uh, I should uh, cut my uh, speech right now. Thank you. Marta, thank you. I am. Um, you both touched on this in your opening uh, remarks about how things have changed so drastically. I'm astounded that a JCC that um, serves 1,200 people um, could double in size. I have been to your JCC many times, and it's, it's a small space. Um, I know that when I was there, um, I was told, and I'm not sure if this is accurate, but the the preschool that is usually on that second floor and the third floor had to be moved out to accommodate Ukrainian children in a daycare. Um, so that just, just the mere fact that things have to change that much, I mean, structurally, um, is remarkable. So what I'd like to ask then, um, Alexandra, we'll, we'll start with you. You talked about this a little bit, but how has your work, how has the work at the Toby Center changed from you day to day now? And what does that look like? Yeah, first of all, um, it has changed tremendously on many levels. On personal level, 
on a professional level uh, of all of us. We are, we have uh, eight uh, staff members. And um, since the very first day of the war, our general tour manager, Jakub Wyszak, went to the border with his own car and just started offering uh, rides to, for mostly women and children to the safer places in, uh, in Poland, mostly to Warsaw. So this was immediate. Um, and uh, he wrote a beautiful essay on that that's available on our website. So we started offering, uh, first of all, transportation, because then we also um, uh, contacted our um, um, transportation providers that we use for the tours and uh, asked them to come with buses. So uh, from, from a small uh, Jakob's car to, to bigger um, transports. Um, and then... We also, together, uh, actually, it was an initiative by Hila Warsaw. We share our office space with Hila Warsaw and Jewish Historical Institute. It, um, it's located in the historic site where the great synagogue of Warsaw used to stand. And now in this place, in March, we turned our office into a daycare center for Ukrainian women and children. Um, and Hila Warsaw uh, planned a beautiful program of uh, classes and Polish lessons, but mostly psychology uh, consultations. This is this uh, still is uh, the crucial um, need uh, when it comes to um, providing um, uh, assistance. Um, this center now we closed the center, but we are also ready to open it. So I wanted to emphasize that. Whatever we do, we also adapt to the current needs. Then we uh, started um, purchasing food and medicine um, and ship it to the border and to the institutions that uh, were later on delivering it to, uh, to those in need. Um, and um, we have been doing it um, on a bigger scale. Uh, between February and I would say April, May. Um, since then, the, the our activities are now a little, they slowed down because also the influx of the Ukrainian refugees is lower, but um, we don't know what will happen. Um, and, and at least we are, we, we got this experience and I'm sure that we are better prepared to, um, to help. Mm, very important is that the response of also of the international audience was like they were calling us and telling we want to come you know, and help that was that's really beautiful so we had several individual and um, group tours of uh, of people institutions uh, whom we helped to get to the border meet with appropriate organization assess the needs um, send the funds uh, and basically help so um, that was something that also touched us. And we continue, we continue uh, offering also um, tours that in not only include sightseeing and learning about Jewish Poland, but also uh, some volunteering uh, activities. And I believe that this part of our uh, activities of what we do will, will become a permanent part of our mission. Because we have to remember that the, the time for, for those Ukrainians who will decide to stay, the time of uh, you know making sure that Poland feels home will, will last. And we whatever we want, whatever we can, 
we will do to uh, ease that process. You're listening to Dispatches from Warsaw, Ukrainian aid response in Poland, with Rabbi Batshir Torshia, senior Jewish educator at the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco, Alexandra Makuch, associate director for the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning in Warsaw, and Marta Sarasin, interim CEO the JCC in Warsaw. On Bina, a series featuring creative voices from the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco. Bina is also available as a podcast, and you can find it at kalw.org. I wanted to ask about that. Um, you, you mentioned that the the influx of Ukrainians into Poland has slowed. Do you have any sense of what people's plans are of staying in Poland, of going somewhere else, of returning back to Ukraine? Yes. What, what are you hearing? Um, from my personal discussions and simple conversations that I had at the daycare center, or at the um, other um, um, uh, refugee centers is like that basically most of these people want to go home. And however, you, you know, it's like, oh, how, how come, you know, many times there is nothing there, but they are like, we want to go there because it's our home. We will rebuild it. We also have to remember that families were torn. So their husbands, men, fathers, they stayed. So it's a natural thing. Um, uh, uh, of returning. And we saw this, uh, I think a few months ago, there was also a a, a huge influx of Ukrainians returning uh, to to Ukraine. Um, Of course, um, important is that so far before February 24th, 2022, we already had uh, approximately, I think, more than 1 million Ukrainian um, citizens, people living in Poland. Um, so many of them decided to stay because they had already uh, relatives or people who would allow them and facilitate and, and, and assist in, in, in building new life. Um, many of them, for, for many of them, Poland was just a transition point to go to Israel, to, to other European countries. Um, but uh, for sure, this... Uh, the, the, this uh, uh, this crisis, this this actually, I want the, the, the things that happened in, in February say changed our society, Polish society, into um, a dual nation society, and this 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 is something that I'm not sure that everyone uh, understands yet, but it's a huge also um, chance for 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 Polish um, society. So um, I just want to and again say that. Uh, it's 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 complicated. It's 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 building in front of our eyes. Um, right. How a, how a culture impresses upon another culture. I hadn't even thought about that until you just described it in that way, um, Alexandra. I know that uh, before we move on to Marta here for a moment, that you've got some photos that you shared with us that we'd like to share out, and you can tell us what's happening here. Um, these are crowds of the refugees um, at the uh, expo center 
um, uh, which later turned into refugee centers. Uh, we were also assisting uh, over there. With time, we were delivering suitcases. There was a huge demand um, for, for the suitcases um, being um, delivered to these centers. Of course, um, food, medicine supplies. So thanks to the uh, donations, we could, we could um, also deliver them to the refugee centers. Yes, medicine. And uh, very important, the fuel for and this, this um, generators. generators, for the generators. Um, we also made a, um, a donation uh, to the border crossing in Medica. It's called uh, Przemysl, uh, crucial for, for operating many institutions. Um, we have to remember that many people crossed the border with barely anything. And later on, either they wanted to move on, as I mentioned, Poland for many was just a transition point, and also to have their belongings somewhere. So we delivered all in all, I think, around 300 suitcases of different sizes. That was in demand. Right. I, I, again, something I'm not sure that would spring to mind when we think about the crisis here in the United States. But my daughter and I saw that as well. People walking in the streets with, with bags, with plastic bags uh, that contained their belongings. And when we were at the central Warsaw uh, train station, we saw that as well. People coming in and being directed to tents that actually were being overseen at that time by the Canadian Army. Um, yeah. Tent, yes. right, tents that supplied food, medical assistance, and um, and suitcases. Amazing. Yes. Thank you, Alexandra, for sharing that. Um, Marta, um, so I imagine that the JCC in Warsaw's response um, looks a little different than what Alexandra just described. You are a magnet or a, a, a safe place for people to come to. Can you... Um, Talk a little bit more about what you're seeing in terms of um, Ukrainians coming to your JCC, what that what that looks like. Um, I know that the uh, JCC Warsaw mascot, Babek, is am I saying correct? Yeah, Babek. Yes, yes, Babek, that's his name. And he joined our, our Shabbat dinner. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it's a perfect segue, I, I think, to uh, to me sharing about the uh, the GCC activity um, uh, designed uh, to welcome and uh, integrate um, the new coming population. Uh, however, before I get to the uh, Shabbat dinners, I I think I would like to emphasize that all uh, Alexandra has mentioned that uh, um, that uh, since the very beginning, uh, different Jewish organizations from Warsaw have come together to create a unified front to um, to address uh, um, the crisis. Uh, and what I want to emphasize is that, uh, sure, we are a Jewish community and we are uh, Jewish organizations. Uh, however, the help uh, that we offer is uh, by no means only directed to uh, Jewish Ukrainian refugees, uh, but to everybody. And it was clear um, to all of our partners, uh, of our partnering organizations, that uh, uh, it, it didn't matter and it doesn't matter um, 
whether somebody is Jewish or not, the, they need the help uh, all the same. Um, and uh, a program that is actually happening right now, uh, it's a day camp, Kev uh, Bekaitz, uh, that we organize with the Taubi Center, but also uh, Hillel, uh, Jewish community of Warsaw, um, and uh, with support of uh, different international partners. Um, and we have about uh, um, all together, I think it's almost 100 refugee kids from ages uh, um, uh, of ages from five to uh, to 16 who uh, have been uh, enjoying uh, their summer experience for the past four weeks um, and uh, uh, on top of having fun, they also uh, uh, had fun learning, actually, and having Polish classes, English classes and math um, so that they could, uh, so that we could help them uh, get into the Polish educational system come uh, September. Um, you have mentioned that, uh, or, or you have asked about uh, people's plans. Uh, for the future. And uh, from what I have seen is that that several families are in this situation uh, that they don't know what will happen next. And since it's the summer, uh, it's, uh, it's a comfortable uh, situation not to have plans yet. However, uh, the closer we are to September when the school year starts, um, the more uh, imminent uh, is uh, the, the, uh, the moment of decision. And um, I feel like uh, a byproduct of our day camp that we didn't think of um, is that uh, several of the uh, families, several of parents of the kids participating in the day camp have asked us um, how to enroll into the Lauder Morasha school, the Jewish school, because we are having the day camp uh, in the building of the Jewish school. And uh, Yes, we have uh, thoughts uh, that the project was uh, one of the uh, goals of the project was to uh, to uh, well, not to introduce ourselves, but to make these connections with uh, people who have come and to uh, for for people to understand that we are there and we can offer different things uh, to, to different people. But uh, uh, but we have gone beyond that. So we uh, Unbeknownst to us, the, uh, the fact that we have organized a day camp uh, for kids uh, may be uh, uh, not only may uh, ease uh, kids' way into um, educational system for families that have already made that decision that they would stay in Poland, but also it could be a factor uh, for some families to actually make that decision that, okay, um, they don't know whether they will stay there for uh, the next five years or forever, but for the next uh, school year, uh, yes. And um, so I, I've been very much emotionally and physically involved in that uh, summer camp because uh, in the day camp because uh, I've been uh, there every day, um, and it's it's very difficult to. Uh, to translate all the feelings into words. Um, our rational uh, 
behind organizing the day camp uh, was that we wanted to yes we wanted to go out and introduce ourselves to to people and help and give uh, families time uh, to or mothers and grandmothers uh, um, time uh, to deal with um whatever uh, daily uh, things they had to deal with and the kids to have fun however uh, the most precious outcome for me is that kids have uh, been making connections between themselves between us sure that's tr true and and they but but it's i haven't seen it uh, ever before that kids of different ages would like to spend time together uh, because it's amazing to me that we have you know we have kids that are 16 and they show up they come to the day camp even though they have self-dismissal um uh, card from their parents they come in they sit down they have polish classes they go they help with smaller kids and they want to spend time together and uh, sure, another success of that program is that kids kids are kids, so they are cheeky and they, uh, uh, you know, having cramps, having still cramps on their face, they say, oh, no, no, I haven't had that piece of cake. Please give me a piece of cake. Uh, so, um, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, children being children is uh, whatever, um, like, e e everything that you could ask for um in this situation um but yeah sorry i'm i'm getting emotional but let me get back to what we have been doing this is so day camp is uh, at the same time while i am at the school and we are having 60 kids uh, daily uh, having all sorts of fun at the jcc we are having a daycare for uh, preschool uh, kids uh, refugee kids and then there's all sorts of connections some of the kids that are in the day camp have uh, younger siblings at the jcc uh, some of the kids uh, have been coming with their moms to the Taubi and uh, and hillel center um uh, and uh, and I believe this is the way uh, that we are building the future for our community. So, uh, so by making all these connections and by uh, us professionals, but also people between themselves. And uh, this is what has been uh, the idea behind all of our uh, programming at the JCC um, that we have uh, created um, uh, in response to the crisis. So daycare, but also Polish and Ukrainian-led um, Shabbat dinners. Um, uh, and yes, we do uh, plan to uh, have uh, more meetings with the psychologists and uh, Polish classes as well. But I think these internal connections are invaluable and changing uh, perspective, you know, uh, for both communities, uh, both communities, the local community and the newcomer community, be it uh, Jewish people or non-Jewish people who, if they want to come and be part of the uh, life of the Jewish Community Center, it's a wonderful miracle um, to us. And uh, I believe this is the, the way to go. I don't know if I have uh, answered your question because I got emotional and <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sorry. 
you you brought me along, and I'm sure our listeners as well on that emotional journey. Um, to call this a success, what you are doing, um, really, it, it's just a rousing success. It's just amazing. I saw it when I was there as well. Um, I wonder quickly before we get to our questions, we have a lot of questions coming in. Um, I'll just put this out to, to both of you. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned several times that um, people who identify as Jewish, people who are not Jewish, people who are atheists, whatever the case might be, all are welcome. So um, somebody wants to hear about the general morale of the polls. What are you seeing in terms of exhaustion, anxiety, um, indifference? Clearly in your organizations, there's a, there's a lot of energy around this effort. But what's the general sense of um, the Polish community about this crisis? I mean, for sure, the response, the initial response, and it's been remaining on a high level, I think, for, you know, today is six months basically almost since yeah. the uh, the start uh, of uh, since the, uh, the the events of february and the invasion but the the response and morale it has been it was phenomenal uh, the way uh, polls responded and i want to also emphasize that uh, it, these are regular citizens who offered um, the shelter the housing uh, many of my friends um, um, invited uh, Ukrainians to their homes and allow them to stay for 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 a long time as as much as needed. So uh, the, the and it was spontaneous and very natural, and it's it's uh, and it's natural that with time this this will come down. And also it's uh, it's um, impossible to uh, to um, to be so energetic at all times, mm, but. Um, also, the Polish government um, did a good thing um, and accelerated the process of um, getting, um, I would say it's like social security number uh, to translate it as, uh, yeah. to, uh, for Americans, and which allows those Ukrainians to get uh, health, uh, care, uh, the, the social security um, and, um, and work permit. Um, so it, it's something um, historical, for sure, what happened. Um, and there will be issues, for sure, <laughs> um, as they always are. Um, but, but, but for now, I must say that it's, it's still really, really positive. Of course, there happen things that are an incident. Um, but um, in general, the way Ukrainians have been accepted and are integrating. Um, uh, is 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 going very uh, in a positive way. This is Bina, KALW series featuring artists and thinkers who've spoken at the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco. Today's guests are Rabbi Batshir Torshia senior Jewish educator at the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco, Alexandra Makuch, associate director for the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning in Warsaw, and Marta Sarasin, interim CEO of the JCC in Warsaw, 
talking about the Ukrainian aid response in Poland. Bina is also available as a podcast, and you can find it at kalw.org. So thank you. Um, A question is coming in from Ilana. Thanking both of you um, for all of the work that you are doing and what you've presented here. Um, And our, our question is, many have left without proper documents. You just mentioned that the Polish government is giving social security. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. That's incredible. Um, And the, the, um, question is, I have relatives that are afraid to leave Ukraine because they don't have passports to travel abroad. Is there a solution to that that you're aware of? How are people coming across if they don't have a passport or they're at home in Ukraine and they want to come across, but they're not getting information about um, what that might be like when they get to the border being turned around or what kind of assistance might there be at the border to make that possible for people to come in? I can I can share uh, from uh, an employer perspective, um, and as far as I understand, I don't know if it's still uh, uh, if it still uh, works. But uh, in the very beginning, uh, you didn't have to have a passport. You didn't have to have an ID to cross the border. Everybody was allowed. Uh, of course, there are limitations. Every white person was allowed to uh, um, to cross the border without documents because, uh, uh, yes, our country, uh, our, our government uh, showed up in a positive way, but also because this is uh, uh, this is the the stranger that uh, is looks like us speaks almost the same language so it's a better stranger it's a better refugee um than uh, other refugees because we have had refugee crisis already in poland when we still are having a refugee uh, crisis not only ukrainian refugees uh but also on the other border but i don't want to get into that uh because it's just heartbreaking uh but you didn't have to have documentation to come uh, into Poland. I don't know if it works uh, right now because I've heard that there have been some changes uh, and uh, uh, both on the Ukrainian side to leave and on Polish side to enter. Um, But uh, for sure, there are people who have entered uh, without passport. Uh, You just have to have some sort of document and and you don't need to have a passport to go and apply for uh, the social security number. Um, If I may add, I recently read, I think in the beginning of July, that Polish ministry... Uh, of foreign affairs, I think together with the Minister of Internal Affairs of Ukraine, has launched a pilot edition of, um, of a program to, of um, um, accepting, um, uh, um, accepting requests for passport and IDs, because we also have 
like um, not, not only passports, but within European Union, you can just show your ID, which is like a driving license. So the pilot program is about that there are buses driving across Poland and the Ukrainians can apply and, and, and fill out the documents and be granted um, a passport. Uh, also to avoid later on uh, Russians to uh, impede them from, from, from traveling. So this is what, what I, it was uh, in the beginning of July. So this is another new initiative uh, towards, uh, you know, um, make it, make it possible. Mm -hmm. To anyone, to anyone who has family members who are uh, afraid of leaving the country, of course, I cannot uh, promise anything uh, uh but uh, there are several people in the same situation uh so it's easier in that way that uh, most probably whatever case uh you have within your family it has already already been done <laughs> in poland uh i absolutely understand why people would not want to uh migrate uh because it's uh, it always you always have the cost of uh, the social cost uh, but uh, if they want to come to warsaw if your family members want to come to warsaw please send them uh, our way and they will be uh, taken care of and uh, we cannot offer it to everybody but we can offer it to to people that we know of and there will be help. Uh, uh, Lana, who asked that question, uh, just put in the chat. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your for your offer to help and uh, that response. Um, we're coming near to the end of our program. Um, I it's probably not fair to ask such a difficult question, but I'm going to go for it. Uh, <laughs> this question just came in. Given the history of Ukraine and Poland especially the atrocities of World War II, it is truly remarkable that Poland is welcoming refugees in the, in the open way that both of you have just described. Can you talk a bit about how the refugee situation has changed the way Poland views Ukrainians? And I'm, I wonder, I'll tack on to this, uh, because the crisis was so immediate, perhaps that's not even, I mean, it must be on the minds of some people what took place in the past. And yet here you are here. Poland is opening, opening the gate to, to save, to rescue people. Um, and given that difficult history, what's, what's your sense of how Poles feel about that? Um, I'm, maybe I'll start. I think that first of all, the crucial is the personal encounters. Yeah. When, when you, see a person in need like when we were seeing these terrible um, you know, um pictures at the railway stations at the refugee station like you don't think about it because these are humans as we are uh in addition they were mostly and our mothers with children and i really that i think that uh, decent human beings don't think that way mm, these resentments of course they may already are appearing and it's normal but uh we're dealing with uh ukrainians of a also with a contemporary with a different generation of ukrainians so and we Poles jews are also um 
different generation, right? And and uh, we, we can't. It's just impossible. You, you can't act uh, in present through the prism of uh, of, of the past. Uh, and I think that the the uh, attitude and uh, how Poles in general behaved and are behaving towards Ukrainians proved that. That uh, I think that this this sense of um, uh, solidarity um, won, and I hope it will remain like that. Uh, it's never black and white. No, and you know the same with how even more complex history of Poles and Jews, right? Um, so, uh, so as as Marta said, uh, as as of now, I. I we are also very close culturally, yes, um, ethnically, um, and once again, we already had more than one million Ukrainians living with us. So it's not like it's a completely new element of our society. Um, and, and 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 we'll see how how this evolves. I'm a natural born pessimist, so I thought that uh, all these resentments would surface very quickly and the and the and the desire to help would fade away very quickly and it hasn't and um of course it, i uh, it differs it's easy for Alexandra and me to talk and be uh, hopeful because we are in Warsaw. Um, I'm sure there are places in Poland where it looks a bit differently, but um, but the fact that uh, the society, Polish society at large, has mobilized in on such a scale, um, I think just the sheer fact of that uh, mobilization um, brings about this hope to uh, everybody who feel against all these resentments and and uh acting on uh, uh old uh um conflicts uh to do more to actually be more active and and work uh towards the 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 better future uh it, it sounds corny but the uh, yeah, I I really I am amazed with uh, what has been happening and uh, that it has been possible uh, in the womb of our society that is uh, so oh so terrible, uh, just like any other uh, society <laughs> because humans are terrible. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there are places where it looks where it's difficult but uh but it's been a miracle yeah <laughs> no, the, the descriptions of that solidarity is so affirming i mean it's just i i'm so well i'm so sorry for this situation but i'm so uh glad to be able to bring this message you know if if all states and countries could behave in such a way um, the 
you know, this spreading of peace and the lifting up as, you know, Jewish wisdom teaches us of, of the brokenness, the shards of brokenness that get elevated every time we look at a person and see B'Tselem Elohim, that they're made in a divine image, then the politics of the past will not be a stumbling block to act in the present to help. Um, it's just so affirming. I have a question. Uh, Marta, you've really raised the bar for CEOs of JCCs being in the preschool and the summer camp. And uh, But my question, my question is, it's no small thing to run a daycare. Where are you getting resources for all of those supplies and the things that are needed to run, to run both a daycare and a camp? Uh, so, like Alexandra said, we've been extremely lucky to be supported uh, from all around the world. Our day camp uh, uh, has had several mothers, uh, not only um, from the fact that uh, uh, it's been different Jewish organizations uh, coming together to uh, say, okay, we will do it, different uh, organizations will... Uh, help out uh, or support the program uh, in different capacities uh, but we have also uh, found support uh, financial support from uh, from different uh, foundations and we have been lucky enough to be also supported uh, by the JFNA Jewish Federations of North America with uh, a group of uh, volunteers Russian speaking volunteers who have come to uh, work in our day camp uh, so it's uh, uh, again it's been a a puzzle let's say uh, with uh, so many pieces uh, coming together so a happy puzzle let's say with so many pieces coming together and uh, I really do believe it is a collective effort and uh, with in that it, it, yeah the, the the example of the day camp um, uh, it shows it uh, so perfectly that it's not only uh, a collective effort of local organizations, but also from organizations from all around the world. Um, and uh, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened uh, without the support uh, um, from American Jews. This is, I mean, because we are Jewish organizations. So uh, yeah, we wouldn't be able to uh, to help. It's a perfect segue um, to uh, to our close here. We, a question just came in about how people can help. And so um, donations can be made to the Toby Center earmarked for the Ukrainian uh, aid effort and funds from uh, funds that are donated there will then be sent to the JCC in Warsaw as well as my understanding. I am just overjoyed uh, to be with both of you here this morning, this evening. Um, I want to thank you both again personally for uh, your openness to me and to my daughter when we were there uh, with you in May. We will be returning, um, I think, in August. I'm not sure at this point. Um, I actually, I before we uh, close and say our thank yous, um, I, I do want to give a shout out to my daughter who, she lives in Los Angeles, I'm here in San Francisco, and she went around in her neighborhood and she took donations from families with small children and she brought a duffel bag full of toys and things to bring to the children at the JCC preschool, Ukrainian children. But um, one thing that really, that, that moved me, that really moved her um, was she brought a bag of, of 
jewelry. And the children, boys, girls, everybody just donned themselves in jewelry. And the next day we went back um, in the morning as children were being dropped off at the, to the, to the, it's not a preschool. It's the, um, it's a daycare. The daycare. <laughs> and one of the girls was saying goodbye to presumably her mother. And she turned around and then she ran after her mother and she said something in Ukrainian that I did not understand. And it was, where's my jewelry? Where's my jewelry? <laughs> and her mother pulled it out of her bag and she put it on and all was right in the world. Um, so it was, uh, we really so appreciated being part of your community. I don't have words really to fully thank you, your organizations, you individuals your networks, the people that you are working and living with and the way that you've responded and for sharing this story with all of us. Thank you. Um, and let's see, there are so many people that I want to thank. My wonderful colleagues here at the JCCSF, Christopher Cornell, our production and technology manager who's helped us out with this program, Cecily Rogers, program assistant who helped fielding the questions, our creative, very creative marketing team, and Stephanie Singer, director of arts and ideas, who is really the brain center of all of these programs. To the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning for making my and my daughter's journey to Poland a reality. Thank you to Shana Penn, whose work in the Jewish community alongside you here and there has far-reaching positive impact, important impact. And for all that you do in the community building, in the teaching, in the serving, for showing up and for staying up late this evening to be with us, just the greatest gratitude to you, Marta and Alexandra. We so look forward to future collaborations. And I want to thank you, our audience and my colleagues, for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you at future programs. Stay well. And we'll say our Lehitra Oat goodbye for now. And um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bina is a co-production of the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco and KALW. For more information about programs at the JCCSF, you can visit jccsf.org. Today's guests were Rabbi Batshir Torshia, Senior Jewish Educator at the Jewish Community Center of San Francisco, Alexandra Makuch, Associate Director for the Toby Center for Jewish Life and Learning in Warsaw, and Marta Sarasin, Interim CEO of the JCC in Warsaw talking about the Ukrainian aid response in Poland. To support the Ukrainian aid response and other initiatives by the Toby Center for the Renewal of Jewish Life in Poland, go to our page on the KALW website. I'm David Kwan, editor and producer of the program. Our theme music is from the album Masada Rock by the Roshanim Trio. And the music you're hearing right now is by John Zorn. Bina is available as a podcast, and you can find it at kalw.org. Thanks for listening.